Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. He's got his younger brother. It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 291 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff and sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, the influencer himself. Wow. Scott, Scott, say hello. Hello. You influenced me, Scott. You influenced the millions <laughs> and millions. That's a Mark move right there. It really is. Of collectors around the world, Scott. Don't you know that? Stop. You are the influencer. No, I am not an influencer. But I do want people to hashtag unlock the arena. That's going well. We'll get into that in a sec. Uh, you know what I was thinking is... Um, I think I'm going to have Jason Wolf draw you as a superhero and it's going to have an I on the chest and it's a, or SI and it's as Bill say Scott influencer or SI for short. Wow. Was this your plan? Like, let's open the show and attack Scott and use the, the word he hates the most. Actually, people find it kind of funny. So I'm just playing off of it. Sorry. <laughs> people think it's so funny and, you know, I, I can't disagree with him. I actually think it's kind of funny as well. Well, what's funny that I don't like being called influencer? It's like when you call a big, you know, a big guy skinny or... Or when you call, like, Bobby the Brain Heenan Weasel right, back right, in the day. Right, 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 I see. You can call me a bad influencer or a bad influence Ooh, because yeah, yeah. as we had a discussion with uh, GBM, we influenced him to get back into figure collecting, but that creates wallet heat. So in turn, I would say that that makes us a bad influence. I'm okay with that. You know what else is wallet heat? gas prices out here in california and yuck almost five bucks a gallon scott what's going on dude well we talked about hashtag unlock the arena i am proud to announce and i guess this is a bit of toy spotting right off the bat i hashtag unlocked the arena for myself anyway if it funds i jumped in last night i had to get in before that deadline of august 13th to get that macho man figure and the table the headsets, all the goodies that come with that extra bonus, the pot sweetener, if you will. So hopefully, last time I checked, I think we were at about 62% funded. So keeping my fingers crossed, that happens. I was supposed to get my Roadblock Amazon exclusive figure today out of the G.I. Joe Classifieds. That did not ship, unfortunately. It was slated for September. Then they moved it to today, which recording August 12th. But it didn't show. So I'm not really sure what happened with that. But aside from that, you know, it's been in the hundreds. We had a raging birthday party on Saturday for Peyton's 12th. That was fun. A lot of whiskey flowed. Not to the kids, of course. To the uh, <laughs> somewhat irresponsible adults having fun in the kitchen. But it was a good time. We had a blast. And uh, life is good, dude. Uh, no bang for me tonight. I am going off of uh, rest. I'm going off nap time. In terms of podcasting, that's called au natural. Yes, yes. As I said before, there's a lot of caffeine in nap time. That is true, I guess. It does uh, refresh you. I have Miami Cola, and it was the last one in my work fridge, so I've got to restock. 
If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable, Instagram, Fully Opposable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts, any of them at all. All 291 episodes over at Podbean, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all. Send it on over to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, you are leaving for Vegas soon, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Wednesday the 18th, we're going to be on a flight at about 9.30, landing in Vegas at around 11 p.m. There is an all-you-can-eat sushi place over off of Sahara Boulevard. And they're open until 3 a.m., Jeff. Beautiful. Yes, it is actually Korean barbecue and sushi, both all you can eat. You can do a combo or you can do either or. So I have a feeling we're going to touch down, get the Uber, hit the hotel, drop our stuff off, hit the hotel bar, jump in a cab, and go get all you can eat sushi. And then the sake bombs. Nice, nice. It's going to be a good time. I take it you didn't purchase anything outside of the arena, right? No, I did not. I am... uh, I want it pretty bad, but I don't have really the time or the money right now to go get it. But it's the Bam Bam Bigelow Legends figure. I really want that figure. But aside from doing the ring, which technically I didn't pay for yet, because technically it hasn't funded yet, so that was kind of a freebie until the twenty second when it or the twenty third when it does fund. So I don't really have the funds right now to get them. So I haven't gone to Target to look because I don't want to tempt myself if he's sitting there on the peg. But I really want that Bam Bam figure, dude. Bam Bam is a sick looking figure, dude. Honestly, it is. It is, and you dropped off my Brutus Beefcake, uh, the Legends figure, the yes. Big John Stud Legends, and the Major Blood uh, GI Joe Classified that GBM picked up for us. Yep, Dude, I've got to say, this is my first time seeing that Brutus in person. That's going into my top 10 for this year. It is outstanding. Look at the side of the box. Look at the figure. It's exactly the same. They nailed it. That is 85-84 Brutus. And Mattel just did an outstanding job. Love that tag title. Got to get my hands on another one so the hammer has one. But dude, that Brutus Beefcake is outstanding. It really is, man. I on the fence if it's in a crack my top 10 there's a good chance it will but yeah you're 100 percent correct dude it is an excellent excellent figure and mattel did a fantastic job on it i like the variant as well i think the variant is the best one with the blue tights yeah it's excellent i love the figure and then the matted silver finish on it or the dull look of the tag belt looks fantastic as well yeah i mean to nail the tag belt as well like they pulled it right out of 85 well yep. done mattel I have a funny story for you. So I'm at the gym on Saturday morning and I was about to do go do cardio and I get a text message from my coworker, Eric. And there's a picture at Alameda Target of one macho man hanging on the peg. And he had texted about 20 minutes before. And I go, oh, dude, are you still there? And he goes, no, I've already left. I was like, okay, I'm heading down there to pick up the macho man right now. Eric goes, okay, cool. I'm glad you're coming down because I hid it behind a couple of ambulances, which were the slambulances. <laughs> and I'm like, you hid the figure? And he goes, yeah, I knew you were coming down. I was like, you know what? This guy knows his stuff, man. He knows what he's doing. You know? <laughs> then, then you gave him a raise, right? No, that's not up to me. 
Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me say that you should give him a raise. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, he goes, yeah, they're, it's behind a couple of slambulances below. I'm like, okay, perfect. Sure enough, dude. Get down to Target about 20 minutes later. Guess what's right there behind two slambulances? Macho Hopefully Man. Hopefully the Macho Man. It is the Macho Man. Unfortunately, it wasn't the variant, but that's okay. I'm okay with that. It's a really good figure, dude. I love that Macho Man figure. It's excellent. Um, which means that they had that series at our Target. And I'm like, damn it. The Bigelow was here. John Studd was here, which we're cool on. Um, I'm not really into the Scott Hall, so I'm going to pass on that one. Right. But at least I got one of the two. So I'm okay. That's cool. Yeah, that's great. Owen Anderson actually texted me a picture or sent me a picture on Facebook Messenger today, and he scored the Bigelow. So I was super happy for him, was telling him that one's on my list too. So congrats, Owen. That's a great-looking figure. Wait, he didn't put a Bam Bam Bigelow behind two slambulances for you? <laughs> it's kind of a drive, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know about this kid, man. I wouldn't have been there in 20 minutes. He did the right thing. <laughs> Scott, we only have a couple things of news, so we're just going to jump right into it. Zombie Sailor Toys signed Nick Gage to his lines, so the heels and faces has Nick Gage coming to Zombie Sailor Toys. Hello, ladies. Well, we are re-recording this segment because... Well, I shouldn't say re-recording. We're doing a lead-in to what you guys are about to hear because what happened yesterday on Friday the 13th was amazing yesterday friday the 13th was the last day for the early bird access to get the macho the ring diesel and the stage what we weren't expecting was to also unlock doink and the ring skirts it, it, dude literally an amazing day in the world of wrestling figure collecting there was so much excitement and what i love most about it is we definitely sent that message to mattel which is what you and I and a lot of other people with podcasts have been harping on the last few weeks is let's send that message to Mattel. Tell them we want more of these types of items in our collection. And how do we do that? We crowdfund this. We back it. We hit that number that they've put out there. And dude, not only did we hit that number, which was 5,000, which as you stated, Jeff, got you the ring, got you the diesel, got you the stage, and with the early bird access, got you that macho man. But above and beyond that 5,000 number that got you all of that, that number kept climbing. I was I had it on my computer yesterday watching it. Again, that was Friday the 13th. That 9 p.m. Pacific time or 12 a.m. East Coast time, that, that clock was going, and you could watch the number continually go up. Every time I hit refresh, it would at least jump by five people backing. And it was incredible. It was a great showing. It helped that people found the Klarna app. It helped that it was payday. I think the Macho Man sweetener that they added definitely helped. So everybody was wanting to get into that cutoff to ensure that they got the Macho Man with this thing. I'm so happy that we spoke with our wallets. And we're going to get an incredible item out of this. As you mentioned, Jeff, we're not just getting the initial offering with the 5K. They broke 7000 no problem. And then it kind of limped into 8,000, but we hit it at last check. It was 8,080, so 8,080. It fully got funded. There's no more tiers that we had spoken to Steve Ozer about on our interview. They locked it or they capped it at the two tiers. We're getting Doink. We're getting the ring skirts. We're getting the full package of what they were offering for the 5K. I, I couldn't be happier. 
And this is such a message sent to Mattel because had this failed, Bill McKenna basically said there's not going to be any more. Steve Ozer was a little more optimistic about it, like, okay, well, it's not completely dead, but, you know, it's definitely going to be a mark on this thing that, you know, I don't know if we're going to want to readdress this later. But what this does is we've unlocked the door now. We've opened Pandora's box, if you will, that we don't know what's going to come of it. But we do know that it is going to be good because this opens up everything now. Everything is on the table for Mattel to discuss because we funded this first one right out of the gate. Look, I'm not going to dispute at all that I really think that that Macho Man played a huge role in this. Yes, it helped with Klarna with four payments. Yes, it helped that it was on a payday for a lot of people on a Friday. Regardless, the number really spiked up when people started looking at uh, missing out on that Macho Man. And it paid off for all the rest of us that had already jumped in. They hit that 8,000 number. We get all of the unlocks. We get the amazing ring. Three Ultimate Editions. I, I'm just in shock. This is such a great way for us as collectors to tell Mattel what we want. We did it with our wallets. We did it with our voices originally when they finally started this whole crowdfunding thing. And I can't wait to see what comes next. And you know what's going to be on the table? Retros. You guys wanted retros back so bad? Well, guess what's on the table? Accessory sets for retros. Ring carts. Maybe cages. Uh, maybe stages for the retros. Maybe barbershop. Everything's on the table. Guess what? Because we back this everything's on the table because now it's easier for Steve to go over to his superiors and be like, hey, we want to do this for a crowdfund. And they'll be like, oh, okay. If this didn't get funded, guess what would have happened? He would have gone to his superiors and be like, hey, we want to do this. And they would have been like, why? The stage, the ring, and uh, that that tall dude, that Kevin, that shredder guy didn't do well. Yeah. And so now that we back this, guess what? It's opened, like Scott said, Pandora's box. It's opened up a whole new world of ideas that they can now throw at us. And this is what Scott and I have been pushing for so long is we wanted this crowdfund. We saw how Haslabs did. Well, now Mattel jumped in with WWE stuff. And guess what? We get to see what they can do for future stuff because Haslabs already done Jabba Barge. What was the other one that Haslab did, Scott? Uh, HasLab currently has Galactus up. They've also done Unicron and Galactus funded almost immediately. I think it's got like 21,000 backers or something like that. They only needed 6,000. So we needed as wrestling fans to step up, show Mattel this is the kind of stuff we want in our collection. Now look, if I'm going to do a wish list on the first project that I wanted Mattel to do for the WWE line, it wouldn't have been this. I would have had something else in mind, but this is amazing. This is such a great piece for us as collectors to have. And again, if you sell it, if you keep it, if you open it, you know, if you take pictures of it as a figure photographer, whatever you're going to do with it, it's going to be a great add to your collection. I funded it because I really wanted all three ultimate editions. I love that ring. I love that stage. Again, it wouldn't have been my first choice, but I don't care. I want this thing. They knocked it out of the park. It looks incredible. And I can't wait to have it in my collection. And we keep saying it, but what's next? Maybe it is what I would have put on my wish list as choice number one. Maybe it'll be a golden era, like an 80s set similar to this one. I'll be all over that, but I'm good with the new generation set as well. And I can't wait to have it in my collection. It looks fantastic. 
if they do a round two, well, I should say now, when they do a round two, I'm excited to see what it is. But if it doesn't fund, it doesn't close the door on future projects. It'll be like, okay, well, this one was a miss. Let's try something else next time. I don't think that we would have gotten that opportunity had this not funded, Jeff. So I'm going to throw this at you, Scott. We have been told in the past that bigger companies, such as Hasbro and Mattel, won't even turn on the machines for a figure less than 10,000 units. They right. w- that's, even, that's even to even crank on the machines. The Macho Man it got done yesterday at about 8,000, so we got the ring skirts. Will the Macho Man be the lowest run Mattel figure since they've taken on the line? Because they've never done a one of like Jazzwares is doing with AEW. Right. So is this Macho Man the lowest run figure ever done by Mattel? I would say yes. I think that it is. That would definitely be a question the next time we talk to Steve Ozer. Or if we see that question pop up on a message board, that would be a great follow-up. But I would have to think so. If their minimum has always been 10K. Although I'm going to say that Harley, I think there were only 500 made. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw one. It's still a unicorn to me. Uh, but I'm I'm going to have to say yes. If that minimum has always been 10K and the Macho Man is going to be somewhere north, a little bit north of eight, uh, it, it would make sense that it is, right? It, it makes sense to me. Now, th- as we've said, is we've been told by people that used to work at Hasbro that they wouldn't even think about turning on the machines if there was nothing less than 10,000 units that were going to be made. So with Macho being at around 8,000, is this the lowest run Mattel figure ever done? This, so is this Macho going to be one of 8,000 or one of 8,000 and change, however many people funded it before the early bird access was up? So you can imagine the secondary market value of this Macho Man already, right? And yep. I think once the hysteria starts, because right now, if you're guaranteed a Macho Man, realistically, you could go out to eBay and be like, hey, I funded it. I've got a Macho Man coming. I'm selling it for $400. You could do it right now. You know you're getting it next year. And that would kind of set the bar. Let's see what people pay, right? Now the hysteria starts around future crowdfund projects and while i loathe flipping figures scalpers particularly it's one of those things that it could help future crowdfunds and i think it helps hasbro right now and i think secondary market values as they start to trickle out for these for this particular crowdfund i think it's only going to help future mattel crowdfunds and man it's like flipping has always kind of been my worst enemy. I, I don't like it. But now that worst enemy could help future projects. And as long as I have a fair shake to get in, which I do, I can't be mad at it, right? Because if you miss out and you're having to pay secondary market, that's 100% on you. That's not where you went to the store and they didn't have it. Oh, shucks. You know, I'll try to get it next time. And then you're having to go to the secondary market and pay. You had a fair shake to get in. So you have nobody to blame but yourself. So if secondary market values are going to help this this and future projects, I'm all for it. Yeah, I wouldn't consider this scalping. Everybody had a chance to get in on it. Not to say shame on you because people have hit hard times, you know. So Sure. You know, like Dusty said, you know, computer took their jobs, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but, you know, maybe people were on hard times when this early bird access was hitting. And I, I'm not going to say shame on them. And I'm just going to say it was unfortunate that for whatever reason – 
you didn't jump in on this. And I think what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to see everyone getting their crowdfunds next. And you guys will hear this when I splice this in. But I read off a Q&A with Steve Ozer that he did on his IG Live. They're going to try to get that to us. And when I say that, the stage, the diesel, macho, doink, ring skirts, ring, all that stuff to us before San Diego Comic-Con of 2022. That is best case scenario. What's going to happen is, is everybody's going to see all of us that funded this with our rings, with our machos, with our doinks, everything. They're going to see that and they're going to be like, oh man, I wish I would have jumped in on that. And then people are going to be selling off bits and pieces from what they got. Yeah, I've read a lot of comments from people that they are going to be piece selling. Some people didn't want the ring. They're going to part with the ring. Some people didn't want a few of the figures like Diesel or Doink or even in some cases Macho Man. And look, a lot of people are going to be able to sell that Macho Man and cover the entire cost of the crowdfund and then some. I think this thing is going to be super valuable. And like I said, you're only going to see it help future crowdfunds. And again, if you missed out because of cost, that sucks. I've been there. I've missed out on things before. And it's just one of those things you just need to move along. You know, you missed out on it. It sucks. Hope to get it one day on the secondary market and not get totally fleeced. So I really hope that everybody listening that wanted to jump in on this did get in on this. It's a landmark day in collecting for wrestling figure collectors. And this isn't one of those things where this is some simple mail away. As far as I know, this is kind of the first of its kind where we as wrestling figure collectors were told to put our money where our mouth was because a lot of people wanted this. And guess what? We did. This wasn't a thing where you're collecting points and sending it into the manufacturer and getting a figure back because they already had it made. They are making this for us. So kudos guys. Those of you that jumped in that backed this thing, what an awesome day for us. And again, if you missed out and you're hearing this and you're like, damn, I should have gotten in. It's not too late. You still got time to get in, to get the ring and you get the diesel, you get the doink, you get the ring skirts. Unfortunately, you don't get the macho man, but it's still a great package. Even without the macho man, you can break it up into payments through Klarna. So hopefully that's an option for some of you, but what a great day to be a wrestling figure collector, dude. Incredible. We really, we put our money where our mouths were. We're going to jump into what Scott and I were talking about on Thursday night. So you may hear some outdated stuff, but we wanted to do this little splice in a little bit more updated. But the reason we're leaving in the outdated stuff, we want you guys to hear how excited we were and like watching the numbers go up and all that stuff. As they were rising, Scott and I were like, yeah, this is awesome. You know, we're getting closer, you know, 68% funded, 69% funded. Celeste, I'm just joking. <laughs> we did it, guys. <laughs> that that joke will make sense in about 10 minutes for you guys when you're listening to this. But anyways, <laughs> we will jump right into the uh, the outdated stuff. But also in that outdated stuff is also the Q&A with Steve Ozer that I read off. So, But Jeff, before we get into it, let's talk about the excitement of watching the number climb on Friday. I jumped on and it had gone from like, what, almost 70% when we were done recording to like 90% when I first checked Friday morning. And I couldn't believe it. I'm like, holy crap, this thing's going to happen. And then you keep refreshing the page and that number keeps climbing. Before you know it, I think it was at lunchtime, I think we had hit 5,000. And it felt great. But then the number kept going up and you're like, okay, we're at 5,200. We're at 5,600. Okay, now we're at 6,000. 
suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, we're going to hit tier one. Like we're getting doink. And then you keep refreshing and boom, tier one unlocks and we get doink. And it's like, oh my gosh, like that's incredible. Like the ring skirts is probably the tier I was least excited about. But now you're like, okay, is this thing going to keep spiking up to that nine o'clock Pacific cutoff? Is this going to keep spiking to where we get the ring skirts as well? And sure enough, shortly before that nine o'clock cutoff, boom, tier two hits. We're getting the full thing. The ring set, doink, ring skirts, everything's coming. Just, it was so exciting to watch that number and keep hitting refresh. And just every time you saw that number climb, you just gain more pride in the community because you see everybody banding together just to make this project happen. I couldn't have been happier. It was great. Well, the other thing that was cool was we hit the 5K and that was like a, a celebratory thing. Totally. And then, and then all of a sudden it was like, I refreshed again 20 minutes later and it's at 5,700. And it's like, wait, there only needs to be 1,300 more backers. And you're sitting there and you're going, there's no way we're going to get to Doink today. And then you refresh again and it's at 5,900 backers. You're like, oh shit, we're going to hit Doink tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The numbers kept spiking so high. You're like, this really could happen. Like the whole package. And man, when it did. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. There was much rejoicing. It was great getting the ring by itself, but then to be able to unlock Doink and then to be able to unlock the ring skirts. Again, message sent to Mattel. Absolutely. Okay, now we want you guys to hear the excitement of Scott and I watching the numbers go up. Also, don't forget there's a little Steve Ozer Q&A in there from his IG Live. So without further ado, let's get back into the show. Oh, yeah. Now, I know you guys are sick of it, you guys, but that's okay. We're going to get into the ring. Here is the update on the ring. As of right now, it is 7.36 West Coast time. As of right now, there are 3,443 backers, which equals out to 68% funded with 10 days left. Beautiful. We're down the home stretch. We're close. We're getting a lot closer to that 5,000. Macho Man has already ended. We're almost there. And here are some specifics regarding the ring to you guys. For those that may have missed the Macho but are still on the fence, I will hope these things will kind of sway you. Some of them may not because I took down a lot of notes. So, But we're hoping a lot of this will sway you and help get us to the... I would love the doink. I absolutely would. Is it possible? We'll see. We're hoping that... As of tomorrow, which will be August 13th, we're hoping that we will be at the 5,000 mark, and then it's a march on to Doink at 7,000, but we'll see. All right, Scott, Steve Ozer did do a Instagram Live, and I did horrible notes. Uh, horrible in terms of your note-taking skills or horrible in terms of your writing? Both. Well done, dude. Let's Thanks. hear it for public school education, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Shining example. <laughs> okay so here's some notes that i took man i did not get mom's jeans on taking notes and stuff because she went for a court recorder job and she had it but then she took the job at at&t or something like that yes yeah that's how good mom was at note taking and everything okay anyways hopefully and if everything goes according to plan they want to get the ring the stage the diesel and for people that pre-ordered before the 13th the Macho Man, out to us before San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Okay. So mid-next year. Correct. Okay. 
I guess that's fair. Well, I mean, everything's in prototype stage. You got to figure they still have to go through and make all the tweaks and from prototypes to what actually is put into boxes and stuff. So they, they still got to do some tweaks, but best case scenario, hopefully before San Diego Comic-Con 2022, those will be in our hands. Well, that's fair because it's what, about nine months, right? To get the figure to the finished stage. So that's about right. Yeah, and now we got rings and stages to tool up and everything and get cor- get right. Yes, so. LED lights to install on the stage. It's going to be beautiful. Someone asked, will Macho and Diesel and Doink ever get Ultimates if this does not go? They said no. Well, we've already had a Macho, but WrestleMania 10 Macho will not happen if we don't get to the 5,000 or if you didn't back prior to Friday. There is a Klarna app. And it's called K-L-A-R-N-A, Klarna app. Somehow, this app breaks up the payments into four payments, which I don't know anything about Klarna, but... So you're looking at about, after tax and shipping and everything, you're looking at about 280 So right. that would be about 70 bucks a shot. Correct. Yep. The diesel stage and ring will come in special packaging. They're doing up the box art, which I will jump down below. The box art will be overall graphics. There will be no windows. Uh, One other thing, boxes will not be numbered. So it won't be one of 3,000 or one of 5,000 or whatever it may be. Boxes will not be numbered. Macho and Diesel will come in traditional Ultimate Edition packaging. From what it sounds like from Steve Ozer, the overall presentation of the stage, the ring, the diesel will have will be inside its own packaging, but diesel will be an ultimate edition packaging along with Macho. Okay, so no windows on the box, all just either artwork or product shot on the outside of the box. But if you open up the box, then you can pull out your diesel and Macho Man and, fingers crossed, doink. Yep. And they'll all be in their own ultimate edition packaging. So if you are an MOC guy, you're going to have to open your ring... But then you can tape it back up because you're just pulling out the macho diesel and, fingers crossed, doink. Yep, absolutely. I like the way you said that. You just influenced me there. Uh, <laughs> still pressing those buttons. Good job, dude. I'm the little brother. I'm supposed to press the buttons, dude. That's true. That's true. It's <laughs> like you're hitting me over the head with a train over and over again. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> or the last. <laughs> I don't plan on hitting you with any more trains, dude. I think I'm done with that. <laughs> by the way, by the way, where the hell am I to get a train to hit you in the head with? I don't know. If you put your mind to it, though, <laughs> you wait, can probably do, make it happen. Wait, do we still have the original train that I hit you in the back of the head with? Yeah, it's in Grandma Toon's garage. Remember, I took a picture of it when we were going through the garage that day. Oh, that's right. Well, dude, that was like seven years ago. I'm surprised you didn't take it out of my hands and clock me with it. For those of you that have not heard the story, but back in the day, uh, I destroyed some of Scott's Kiss dolls. And Scott said he was going to go tell mom, to which I picked up this wooden train and just smacked him in the back of the head. This was way back in the day. You know, this was like when I was 41 or something like that. So (laughs) now I'm 42 and I'm well matured. Yeah. And I think I was like 45 or 46 at the time. I don't tell mom anymore. (laughs) I don't tell mom. I've learned my lesson. Someone asked, will there be an update through the process of everything? And he said, Steve Ozer said, yes, there will be numerous updates throughout. There will be the 
updates regarding the figures. There will be updates regarding the entrance development, ring development, etc., etc. The ring boards are actually three panels. They're not wood. Some people have said that they are wood. They are not wood. They're three panels, plastic molded together panels that will go under the ring mat. And I know this doesn't have to do with the ring, but Steve did answer this question. He said, as of right now, they have three retro series mapped out officially. Okay. And I guess right now, from what he said during our interview with him, is there's really like no end in sight yet. So I, dude, it's going to go eight. I would say a minimum of 10 to match the first series or, or the first go around on the retros, I should say. Oh, yeah, everybody's going to be going bonkers for this. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I'm so happy Mattel Creations is around. This is exactly what it was made for. Oh, by the way, in the time that I was talking and reading off all the notes, we are now up to 3,456 backers, 69% funded. Uh, (laughs) You said, (laughs) you said. Celeste, (laughs) we hit the number. You got to come in. (laughs) We did it, honey. We hit the magic number. Scott, you're about to get a show, dude. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> oh, by the way, this is the first time we're putting this up on YouTube. <laughs> we need that drum riff from Pornhub. So that is it for wrestling figure news. We don't have, we didn't have much. I mean, th- I think everything was just kind of thrown at us through San Diego Comic-Con. I mean, it was just, San Diego Comic-Con was just a flurry of news. And now it's kind of like that dead time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's kind of that lull or that calm before the next storm. Scott, it is time to hit up the nostalgia segment. What do you say we go into that? Let's do it. Before we get into Elite Series 22, we want you guys to follow along with us over on Wrestling Figure Database. Over there, you can search out every figure over there at Wrestling Figure Database. Yes, every figure. They are updating that site constantly. What we want you guys to do is follow along on WWE Elite Series 22 as Scott reads down the list, and you can check out the figures as Scott reads them off. So again, WrestlingFigureDatabase.com. Calm. Scott, what you got for Elite Series 22? Yes, sir. Mattel WWE Elite Series 22 consisted of The Big Show, who was in his camo singlet and was packaged with a beanie cap and World Heavyweight Title Accessories. Next up, Damian Sandow, and he came with his blue entrance robe, a towel, and a microphone accessory. The Giant... And he was packaged with an NWO shirt accessory. What a mark. (laughs) Next up, Kane. And he came with the quote-unquote Penny tag title and entrance mask, which is very similar to the Casey Jones mask, kind of, sort of. Those are the accessories that were packaged with Kane. Next up, Tensai. And he had a red entrance robe accessory that was like Polly Pocket style and a black helmet accessory. And last but certainly not least, The Rock. And he was packaged with his WWE Championship. And Jeff, that rounds out Elite 22. Guess which figure was the hardest one to find? Hmm. I'm going to go Kane. 
at least out here. And you would be wrong. It would be the giant. Oh, right. Flashback figure. Yeah, those were always popular. Those were always popular. And that was the hardest one to find. You saw Big Show all the time. You saw Sandow all the time. Uh, Kane, hit or miss. Tensai was more miss than hit. When you went into KB Toys or you went into Toys R Us. Um, and The Rock, you found most of the time. So, But yeah, The Giant was the hardest one to find, dude. Not a bad set. Uh, Kane, I believe this was from his tag team title run with Daniel Bryan. The Rock from his, obviously, his WWE Championship run after he defeated CM Punk. Uh, good series. I thought it was cool that they did Big Show and The Giant in the same series. I liked that. I thought the Damian Sandow was excellent. Loved the entrance robe. Uh, Tensai, it, it was Polly Pocket style accessories, but for that figure, I think it fit really well. The cane looked outstanding. And man, if I had to pick a favorite, well, I would say probably The Rock is my least favorite, but even that one was really well done. Um, favorite would be probably Kane if I had to pick one. But top to bottom, this is, I wouldn't call it their strongest assortment by any stretch, but it's pretty strong. Every figure in here was really well done. Tensai looked really good with the, the the red jacket and the helmet. I thought Tensai was fantastic and well-dressed up. Agree. Kane was well done. Giant was well done. Damian Sandow was well done. Very strong series. I mean, very strong. I mean, you got The Rock in here. You got two great-looking figures with Kane and Tensai, and then you have a flashback with the Giant with an NWO shirt. Great job by these guys on Elite Series 22. Yeah, I guess kind of the plain one, if you had to to find a plain one, and this would be The Rock just because he was in his ring gear, no entrance, anything on him, and then his championship, and that was it. Yep. It was just kind of a plain figure, but it was really well done. It was a good figure, um, but probably my least favorite just for that reason. It, you know, you're, it's just Rock from his in, like there's no jacket, there's no shirt. It's just him and his belt, and that's it. But really, from top to bottom, a strong series from Mattel. I do have the Damien Sandow, Scott, and I was supposed to get him signed at Big Time Wrestling one night. Bret Hart was there, Santino was there, and it was supposed to be Damien Sandow. So I had the Sandow figure. I took it to work because it was going to be going to drive from work right over to Newark because I was working at Tracy at the time. That day, Damien Sandow had to cancel. I don't know why to this day, but he had to cancel, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. What uh, color paint pen were you going to use? I was going to go pink. <clears throat> Good choice. That's exactly what I would have picked. Yep. So I missed out on getting Damien. I still don't have this figure signed. But yeah, I was going to get this signed. I was all excited too. I was like, cool, I get to get this figure signed by Sandow and I get to meet Sandow. I was so excited. And then for some reason that day he canceled. Uh, do you want to take a guess who they put in his place? And it was the same day. I was actually really impressed with Kirk White on the fly calling this. Oof. Um, gosh, this would have been after his WWE release, correct? So we're Cor talking like 2016? Uh, correct, 20, yeah. 2016? Um, gosh. D.H. Smith? D.H. Smith was not there taking his place. I'll give you a hint. Former ECW wrestler. Rhino? Rhino was not the they put into his spot. Spike Dudley? Not Spike Dudley. Hmm. RVD? Not RVD. Mikey Whipwreck. Not Mikey. He was a top player in ECW. Always top of the card. 
Sabu. Nope. Tommy Dreamer. There you go. Really? Replace Sandow with Tommy Dreamer? Yeah, the same day, too. I was actually really impressed with Kirk White being able to pull that off. Now, I don't know if he caught wind that Sandow wasn't going to be there earlier and then made the announcement that day or what. But anyways, yeah, he threw in Tommy Dreamer at the last second. Oh, nice. Did you have a Dreamer figure to get signed? Nope, not at all. Oh, that sucks, dude. I know, I know. That's okay. I did do the eBay listings for this one. Big show with the camo gear. Last sold listing, June 16th for $115. Oh, it's a good figure, but damn, $115. Did you say ho like <laughs> Hacksaw Jim Duggan ho? Or... No, it was more of going like for a Sopranos oh. Oh. Oh, okay. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Damien Sandow with the blue robe and the mic. Last sold listing, June 26th for $15. Oh, dude, you can get it cheaper now than you could back then. <laughs> oh, that sucks. The Giant with the NWO cut off sleeve shirt. Last sold listing July 13th for $100. Wow. People love Big Show slash The Giant. Kane with the Penny Tag title. Last sold listing June 3rd for $79.95. It's a great Kane figure. Tensai red Japanese robe, black mask, and helmet. Last sold eBay listing on June 29th for $69.99. You said it again. Celeste. (laughs) We did it, honey. We did it. (laughs) We hit the number again. And last one, The Rock. With the WWE Championship, last sold listing August 3rd for $27. Oof. Okay. So Damien and The Rock, not super popular. So that rounds out Elite Series 22. That was a good series there, Scott. Very, very strong. Again, not their best, but very solid. Like a high-fiber day, it was very solid. (laughs) Is it, though? (laughs) A little mushy. It depends. It depends. Scott, we are going to round out the show with the listener segment. Let's jump into it. Let's go talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people, and I just want to listen to the listeners. Scott, first question this week comes in from Dusty Adonis. Do you remember meeting him in New Orleans? I do. Showed up to the Fig Life meetup wearing the Hasbro card back. Awesome time meeting you. We can't wait to see you again. He says, I have a question for next week's show. With the talk of changing packaging on Mattel Elite's, Would you like the idea of part of the back of the packaging being open like the front, at least where the figure is, so you can at least see the backside of the figure? Would be maybe ideal for mint on card collectors. There's certainly a lot of figures with tattoos or ring jackets or vests that if a mint on card collector you don't to see unless you open it or see it online. What do you two think? Couldn't agree more. I would absolutely love that. I love that they did that on the defining moments and the ring jackets, the tattoos, that's all perfect examples of why an open window on the back, not full of course, but a partially covered backside of the package, just as Dusty mentions, it does show off the back of the figure, especially when there's artwork back there. So yes, absolutely could not agree more. The earlier Mattel elites also had those where they were open on the back. So like series one, two, I don't know if three had it. 
but anyways, the earlier elites had that opening on the back, just like the defining moments. And it was right. always a, gr- it was always a great touch because yeah, uh, tattoos are on people's back and you can see the tattoo work or if they have their jacket on, you can see the back of the jacket and maybe they have a design on the jacket. So yeah, absolutely. I'm all in favor of having a cutout on the back. I've always considered that one of the best packagings where you could flip the figure around and see the figure from the backside. Yeah, as Dusty mentions, that's very, very beneficial to the MOC collectors that do want to see, you know, whether it be a ring, <coughs> excuse me, whether it be a ring jacket or tattoo work on the back. Would be nice to see that. So yeah, couldn't agree more, Dusty. Great suggestion. A hundred percent. So I'm actually curious what they're going to be doing for the next packaging because they switch it out every two years. I'm actually curious where they're going to go with this next series of elites. Scott, next question comes in from. The great, the wonderful, the man himself, the man that is trying to spay and neuter everybody, Justin Summers. Hello, Scott and Jeff. This is once again Justin Summers from Wrestling Cheers with my weekly question. I mentioned last week about how I bought a Sunny figure and how when I see her in September, I'm going to get it signed. Part of the reason why I bought that is because I did have something else of hers that I wanted to get signed, but I wasn't 100% sure exactly where it was. Luckily for me, it was exactly where I thought it was. And that would be the November slash December 1996 Raw magazine. I'll give you a funny story about that in a second, but in the box that I found that in, I also found something else that at one point I rebought from my childhood. There are so many things within professional wrestling that you could collect. Obviously, figures being one of them. There was also the music albums. And another one was the magazines. First and foremost, did you guys have any experiences with the WWF magazine or any other wrestling magazine for that matter? Obviously, through our childhood and for you guys' teenage years, there were a lot of wrestling magazines. If you did have experience with them, tell me, what's one magazine from your childhood, a particular issue that you are very nostalgic for? For me, it's not necessarily a WWF magazine, though there is one from around this same time that was the first WWF magazine I ever got, which is the March 1994 edition. That was the first WWF magazine I ever received, and I got it from some friends at school but one that means just a little bit more to me. And that is the special collector's edition of the World Wrestling Federation presents the history of WrestleMania one through nine. Came out in 1994 before WrestleMania 10. The WrestleMania 10 logo is on the cover along with Yokozuna, Bret Hart, Undertaker, Macho Man, and Lex Luger. First and foremost, as I open the front cover, There is the Slam Doink WWF Hasbro two-page ad with Lex Luger, Undertaker, Steiner Brothers, Yokozuna, Mr. Perfect, Doink the Clown, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, Bam Bam Bigelow, Brett the Hitman Hart, Tatanka, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan on the left side, all their Hasbros, or at least I'm meaning all that I mentioned, it's their particular Hasbros, and of course... Doink the Clown on the other side. Very nostalgic. But for me, 
One reason why this particular issue means so much to me is I became a wrestling fan basically in July 1993. I was watching it prior to that, but I really started to follow the storylines with Lex Luger slamming Yokozuna. So this WrestleMania was my first WrestleMania as a fan, and I remember going to the local drugstore before the show, seeing this and my dad buying it for me. And for me, as a newer fan, having this 156-page magazine with the history of the first nine WrestleManias in it, with all these pictures and write-ups about the show and the matches, helped build me as a fan. And even in like the back, the last few pages are the results for the first nine WrestleManias. So there, there was all these WrestleManias that I wasn't a fan, but here I am with this magazine learning about them. Hell, there are matches from the first nine WrestleManias that when I think of the show or the matches, I think of some of the pictures in this magazine. So for WWF or any other wrestling magazine, is there a particular issue that sparks some nostalgia for you? Before I go, I promised you a story about that particular Raw magazine. So the year is, well, I'm guessing it has to be 1996. I'm in the fifth grade and I had a WWF magazine subscription. As a nice little bonus, they sent me a free copy of this particular Raw magazine, you know, with Sunny on the cover and like a green lingerie for a fifth grader. This was really cool. I made the huge mistake of taking it to school. And of course, I showed one of my friends who was also a huge wrestling fan. He decides to be an asshole and take the magazine from me. Well, I'm not going to have any of that shit. So I go to get it back from him. Memory's a little fuzzy because it's been almost 25 years, but we end up getting in trouble. The magazine was confiscated, and we went to the principal's office. I got in trouble for having that magazine. Now, I didn't really get any punishment because, you know, it's not actual porn, just a little risque. So when the principal took it from me, I never got it back. Now, this was a female principal, and I think it was instructions from my dad not to give it back to me. So what I'm guessing is it was thrown away. So some some point when I was an adult, I bought another copy. So when I see that magazine, that is something that I think of. And of course, to have your sonnies spayed or neutered. But that will do it for me this week. Thank you for everything you guys do. You guys are awesome. And it's pretty crazy. At the end of this month, I will have contributed to this show for one year. Now, that doesn't mean 52 submissions because there's been many weeks I've been told that my question is either on hold or don't bother sending in one this week because... There's other things going on, which is fine, but crazy. We're almost at one year. Talk to you guys next week. Later. Thank you, Justin, for that. I wonder, are you going to talk to Sonny about the story behind that Raw magazine? I remember that magazine very well because when we got it, for some reason, Jeff never left the bathroom. I, I don't know what that was about. If he had food poisoning for five to seven days. And Scott, just... I have to admit... Um... I would go into the bathroom and I would take my Walkman and I would start lip syncing in the mirror. 
And so, uh, yeah, that's the reason I was in the bathroom for a long time. Lip syncing. Is that what the kids called it back then? Yep. I was listening to Queensryche. I was listening to some Poison. Oh, good for you. You would have been proud of me about that, but the lip syncing thing I was embarrassed about. So, yeah, that's why I was in the bathroom for a while. I'm sorry, dude. No, actually, if you were listening to Poison or Queensryche in 96, that would have been actually very, very impressive. I can't even be mad at that. I think I still was. Yeah, it was like typo negative mixed in with some poison with some Pantera, some Slayer, and then I'd sw- switch over to Crew, and then I'd listen to Nelson again. Yeah, dude, I was all over the place. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. So, Justin, if look, if it was me, we kind of talked about it last week that you always want to tell a story or have something for the person you're meeting. Sonny might enjoy that story. I don't know. Um. I would probably share it with her, but again, that's me, and I had an uncomfortable moment with Sting. Well, I wasn't uncomfortable. Pretty sure he was, but (laughs) I would probably tell the story. What the hell? Um, But we actually had a WWF Magazine subscription. Man, it went to both of us, Jeff, and then I moved out first, and then you started just getting the magazine. Yeah. And even after you had moved in San Leandro and then moved to Alameda you were still getting the magazine off of that original subscription. So yep, I, it went all the way to the end of WWF magazine or WWE magazine, right? Correct, correct. And actually, funny thing is, is I just found the very last magazine still in package, wrapped up in my dresser the other day. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I know, dude. It's still in the packaging, still pristine, mint. It's been flat. So yeah. It's kind of funny. I just found that the other day. It's funny this question came up. That's awesome. But not only did we get WWF Magazine, we did buy a couple of issues of the WCW Magazine that had come out. But we were big fans of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Inside Wrestling, Wrestling Eye, and funny story about Wrestling Eye. Well, let's go to the WWF Magazine real quick. One of my favorite covers is the one where Macho Man was clutching the Intercontinental title. Yep. That's one of my favorite covers ever. But going back to Wrestling Eye, we used to go to this little liquor store. I want to say it was in San Leandro. Might have been Hayward? It was the border of San Leandro-Hayward area. Okay. It was called Town & Country Liquor, and they had a huge selection of wrestling magazines. One of the biggest I had ever seen. Up to that point and since, had never seen a bigger collection of wrestling magazines for sale. Funny part was, is they had all the regular magazines on one side, and then on the other side of the aisle, they had the adult magazines. <laughs> Not trying to get our dad in trouble here, but this is how this would go down. <laughs> hey, kids, we're going to go to Town & Country uh, Liquors. You guys want to look at uh, wrestling magazines? We'd be like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> we walk in. Jeff and I run to the wrestling magazines. Dad disappears. <laughs> we see Dad's head on the other side of the aisle. We did? <laughs> what? <laughs> Love you, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Dad. Thanks for donating to the show. I think he was doing uh, research. Yes, yes. Cars magazines. He he was really into cars. He really was. And and then he'd glance over at the bad magazine. These are bad, okay? And he'd tell (laughs) Jeff and I that. It was a learning experience for us. We learned that, that it was bad to look at those magazines. Anyway, we would buy almost all of the wrestling magazines that they had for sale. And I remember this particular birthday I had, I had gotten some money. So I had a 20 and I went in, I'm like, I'm going to use almost this entire 20 or the entire 20. If I have to buy a bunch of wrestling magazines. So we walk up to the cash register 
And I had, I don't know, probably six magazines, wrestling magazines, set them on the counter. The guy rang them up. It was like 17 bucks. And I hand him my 20. My dad goes, look at that. You give him one piece of paper and he gives you this huge stack of paper. I'm like, ha ha, very funny, dad. We get in the car, we're driving away. And the first one I busted out and started reading was Wrestling Eye. Now, this was in 87. This was before Andre had turned heel on Hogan and challenged him for the world title. Wrestling Eye had this news section. And in the news section, this is the first time that I ever remember reading a spoiler as in correct news before it happened. This was like the internet before the internet. It said something along the lines of, look for Andre the Giant to turn heel and take on Bobby Heenan as his manager. This was shortly after the machines had disbanded and Andre had been off TV for a little while. So I didn't know where Andre was. I hadn't seen him in a while. And then I read this bit of news and I was, what, 12 years old, I think, 12, maybe 13. And I'm like, this can't be right. No way. Andre is not going to go bad and take on. No way. Take on Heenan as his manager. That's ridiculous. Well, sure enough, like a month later, here's Andre on Piper's pit challenging Hogan at WrestleMania three. And I was like, wait a second. How did they know that? And that, that was kind of my first introduction to wrestling spoilers news before it actually happened. So that was Wrestling Eye. That was one of my favorites. And because of that news tidbit, stayed one of my favorites until they stopped making that magazine. But yeah, Jeff and I were all over wrestling magazines back in the 80s. It was it was required reading for us. It really was, dude. Like I remember we'd go up to the lot. Our parents owned a piece of property up in this uh, on this island called Bethel Island. We'd always stop off at the bait shop. And at the bait shop, they had the wrestling ring or wrestling eye or they had another section of wrestling magazines that we couldn't find at town and country or we hadn't gone to town and country for a while so we'd pick it up at the bait shop and then we would go fishing on our parents property and while we're sitting there we cast our line out we'd be holding the pole or we would be putting it in the uh, fishing rod holder and we'd be sitting there reading wrestling magazines and it's just one of those happy memories that we have with our parents because they would always be like all right let's get some clams for the bait and then we'll also uh if you guys want a couple of wrestling magazines, so we'd run over to the wrestling magazines, grab those. Okay, we haven't seen this one, Scott. Oh, is the new Pro Wrestling Illustrated out? No, nah, we've already got this one. Okay, so I got the wrestling ring. What's that one? Uh, Wrestling Eye? Uh, yeah, let's grab that one. Let's grab that one. And it was just fun. It was just happy memories doing that with the parents. Yeah, and then we'd also get articles on non-WWF or non-NWA territories like World Class or the AWA. And that was cool because we weren't able to watch that all the time. So we'd get updates on what was going on. They'd always have like a top 10, you know, for the tag teams and the singles wrestlers in those territories. So you could kind of stay on top of the entire wrestling world in one magazine. So I have very much like you, Justin, very, very fond memories of reading all those wrestling magazines in the 80s and 90s. And just when Raw magazine come out, oh boy. Uh, Like Scott, I remember the Savage one with the other one that I remember really really well was the one with the rockers and the split it was like a center you open up the magazine it was like right in the center fold type thing that's right and it had the rockers and it was kind of had that torn look everybody knows what i'm talking about that's one of those other memories where i'm like oh man they're predicting the rockers are gonna break up well they have been fighting on tv lately but they'll get back together they're the rockers they're the midnight rockers you know they go back to awa man there's no way they're 
They're like brothers. They won't break up. You know, they're like the Young Bucks. What? How dare you compare the Young Bucks to the Rockers? Will you stop? <laughs> the, the Young Bucks weren't even wrestling. That, you missed the joke on that one, Scott. Sorry. I guess I did. Yeah, they weren't even around at that time. That's the funny part. Is Nor should they be mentioned in the same breath. Oh, please. Get out of here. Will you stop? Them and their mud show crap. <laughs> what, are you, <laughs> what are you, Jim Cornette? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <sighs> Moving on from that, I love that they had the product catalog inside. And they oh, always had yeah. the wrestlers wearing their own shirts. Yep. I love that. And you know what? Another thing that I loved was that if you would go to a WWF house show when you were younger and you got the program, it was different articles than what was in the WWF magazine. Right. And I love that. I absolutely love that because it was felt like it was something different. Yeah. So you'd go to a house show and you're like, I've got to get the program because I want to read these other articles. Exactly. And yep. so you would get, you, you'd be like, okay, these are new articles that aren't in the WWF magazine. I, nostalgia is like a hell of a drug, dude. It really is. Oh God. Anyways, uh, Justin, thank you for sending in your question. By the way, you got to show us what you get signed by Sonny. Yeah. And are you going to tell the story? I hope you do. Scott, uh, we need to move along to the next question. That is from JT. JT says, hey, Jeff and Scott. JT here back with that weekly question. This week, I wanted to ask you guys, what's your favorite summer vacation spots? Mine is Cape May in New Jersey. While Cape May isn't the most exciting Jersey Shore town, it's the one I have the most memories of. Memories include going to a beach called Sunset Beach that had a perfect view of the sun and was where horseshoes crabs would migrate. Going dolphin watching, shopping at a small shopping district near this hotel me and my dad were staying at. And while not exactly in Cape May, staying at a campground and going to an amusement park around the area. Again, while not the most exciting shore in Jersey, it is the most relaxing and perfect for one who wants a nice, chill, peaceful vacation, which is what I needed after hearing Bronson Reed got released from WWE, meaning we are not getting his Bam Bam tribute attire elite. Thanks, Vince. Jade. Man, after these rounds of cuts, man, it's it's kind of scary all the figures that we're going to be losing. The Fiend. Yeah. That Bronson Reed. I. It's just, man, we didn't even talk about these cuts. And I know everybody under the sun is covering these cuts. But, man, it's like, when does it stop? Like, the, the cuts, they can't be that low on funds. They're WWE, right? Well, we've had conversations about the roster getting so bloated. And not having enough TV time to feature everyone. So in essence, you're paying guys just to do nothing and just be on the roster or not compete for another company. Doesn't make a lot of sense. And as a wrestling figure collector, yeah, it sucks because now there are certain figures we won't be getting. No more Alistair Black figures. No more Braun Strowmans. Not that we needed more Braun Strowmans, but no more Brauns. No more Fiends. No Bronson Reed Elite, possibly. So, yeah, that sucks. No Mercedes Martinez. No more Bobby Fish figures. It sucks. We almost had no more Samoa Joes. So, yes, it it sucks. As a figure collector, you hate cut day. It's almost like it's like, okay, the cuts are in a stop. Nope, here they come. They keep just coming left and right. And you're just like, okay, when's this going to stop? But like you said, okay, the roster has been bloated for a while. We understand that. But you have NXT and you're releasing some, 
important names off of NXT. Bronson Reed was, I mean, he was their North American champion. Correct. Correct. Not that long ago. Yeah. And he just dropped a, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah. I, uh, it drives me nuts. Anyways, that's not what we're here for though. We're not here to gripe about wrestling because I mean, the, at the end of the day, yes, we have opinions, but we're not in the back. We're not businessmen that are running this billion dollar corporation. We don't know what's going on in the back. We can be upset and all that stuff, but guess what? We're still going to watch SummerSlam. Right, Scott? I'll be there in person. Is that still a go, by the way? Yes, it is. Just got to wear a mask. Oh, that's it? Yeah, I'm going to wear my Super Dragon mask. You have a Super Dragon mask? You bought it for me. I don't know if that would count as a mask, dude. We'll find out, won't we? <laughs> Are you really I'm wearing go a... walking in. Are you really wearing a Super Dragon mask? No, probably not. It's going to be like 167 degrees there from what I understand. <laughs> so wearing a Super Dragon mask is not in my best interests. <laughs> Even if I stay hydrated. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, favorite vacation spot? Disneyland. Disneyland or Vegas? Really? Disneyland or Vegas, favorite vacation spot. Where else would I go, dude? Well, I break it down into family vacations and vacations for the wife and I. Okay. So family vacation, Disneyland, for obvious reasons. It's it's a family place. For the wife and I, New Orleans. Oh, New Orleans is a good spot. Good call on that one. Yeah, I love New Orleans. I cannot wait to go back. We've kind of been having conversations about when we're going to try to visit again. We love that place. Every time we go, it's just been an amazing trip. And I can't wait to go back, uh, both for the family trip to Disneyland and for the wife and I to go to NOLA. Just absolutely love New Orleans. Last time you were in New Orleans, you were offering Xavier Woods alcohol. Yeah, a uh, partially drank, not by me, fifth of vodka. Yes, yes. I promised to help a person find their Uber that was on the way to pick them up. I reneged on that agreement. (laughs) Walked away with their fifth of vodka that had been partially drank by them and deposited back onto the street, Bourbon Street, to be exact. And then you're like, dude, Xavier's here. I go walking up. With the said bottle of vodka that was partially drank and offered it to Xavier Woods. And he politely declined. Thanks, Hova, for getting Scott drunk, right? Oh, my gosh. I will forever blame Hova for that. Brandon was uh, pouring, what were those uh, those vials into your slushy or something? Yeah, I think it was 151. Uh, 151, that's it. That was hella funny, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you had fun. Oh, I had a great time. <laughs> And then the funny thing is, is you offer to find this girl her Uber and then you walk away <laughs> with her vodka. Well, her, to my credit, to be fair, her friend came up and was helping. And her friend was only slightly less drunk than her friend. So I'm sure they managed. <laughs> but hey, it's not every day you get a chance to meet Xavier Woods on Bourbon Street. What am I going to do? Stick around and help them? No, I'm going to go say hi to Xavier and offer him a drink. And then tell them all about how your kid is a huge fan of New Day. Yes. Not embarrassing at all. (laughs) For me. (laughs) Until the next day when you informed me of everything, I had to send Xavier a tweet. (laughs) You know what? Send him the picture of us and send him another apology three years later. (laughs) I will not. Dude, I still feel bad about this. Sorry, man. (laughs) Xavier, Xavier. My bad. And my daughter still loves you. 
And then later on that night, you serenaded Koto Ibushi. He loved it. He still talks about it. Does he? I'm sure he called Kenny Omega right after it happened. <laughs> He's all, dude, you're not going to believe this. They started singing the Koto Ibushi song to me. <laughs> <laughs> he loved it. He was driving to it in the store. I saw him. You were such a party. It was a good time. And that, again, that's why Nola is my favorite vacation spot for the wife and I. Uh, thank you, JT, for your question. Scott, that rounds out the show. We want everybody to check out WrestlingToyTracker.com where you can check out the carded and loose prices of LJNs, Galoobs, Hasbros, Just Toys, Bendoms, Defining Moments, and Retros. So head on over to WrestlingToyTracker.com. Also check out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. All these shows can be found on iTunes, of course. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. TB Toycast with Travis and Breaker. This past week they did Viewmaster, Scott. Loved the Viewmaster. Absolutely loved it. See, I did too. Breaker was kind of like ho-hum on it. I loved the Viewmaster, dude. Because like I used to get the Dukes of Hazard or the Knight Rider ones and just sit there for seconds and go through all the slides. <laughs> sit there for seconds. <laughs> and then I would toss the disc away. And then I'd pop in another one and watch Knight Rider. Chuck that one away. Then I'd pop in Smurfs. T- chuck that oh, I love the Viewmaster, dude. It was great. I had Kiss Viewmaster reels, Batman, just absolutely adored the Viewmaster back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. But we want you guys to check out TB Toycast with Travis and Breaker. Check out our good buddies doing the favor where they do a sports show, wrestling show, and so much more. And check out their website, doingthefavor.com, where you can listen to the shows and check out the SKUs and UPCs for wrestling figures that link up to pop finder and Brickseek again doing the favor.com we also want you to check out positively pro wrestling podcast on itunes chick foley show with seth marco and sheena over at the chick foley show of course we got to get them back on dude that was a lot of fun last last time we had them on earlier this it year it really was yes yeah we love them let's get them back on soon so check out the chick foley show you heard justin earlier with from the Wrestling Cheers podcast, where he talks a lot about AIW wrestling up in the Northeast Ohio area. So check out Wrestling Cheers. Check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. Rucker, I love you, man. You are hilarious. Check out his show, Boots to the Face. Tim's Pulling Up a Chair just had a show drop this past week. It was actually regarding the ring. And Scott, I am saddened there's no drunk wrestling history this week. Yeah, we had to take a week off, but we will be back strong next week. I'm not going to spoil what that episode is going to be about, but it'll be hardcore and I'll leave it at that. But you can follow us on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We are a almost every week show, except for this past week. But rest assured, we will be back this coming Friday with a hardcore episode for you because we are... Drunk Wrestling History, where we're not always accurate, but we are always drunk. Also, check out our buddies, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And every single day, Brian Buds does trivia with Buds as well. Scott, roll call. Yep, going to throw it out to the great, the amazing, super talented, the man himself, Jason Wolf. Jump over on his website, Doyle, that's D-O-Y-L-E, draws.com. Get in touch with the man himself. Commission some artwork buy his existing artwork, and check out the work that he's done on Custom Hasbros. 
Amazing job by Jason. Super talented artist. Get in touch with them over at doyledraws.com. And Jeff, that rounds out Roll Call. I got to commission him to do some artwork on Scott the Influencer, the superhero. Wow. I'm glad you ended with that. This is your Christmas present. Oh, thank you. It (laughs) never gets old. Keep it coming. (laughs) I wonder how many people will back me on that. I need to, I need to start a GoFundMe (laughs) to get this backed. Don't make an action figure, please. (gasps) Dude. Don't, don't do it. I know it was going to come up at some point and I'm telling you right now, don't do it. This is going in your detolf. I will punch you so hard. In fact, I will never stop punching you. I will spend the rest of my life until I drop dead punching you. You could pick up all the trains you want and try to swing them at me. I will not stop. Damn, you just came up with a brilliant idea. You're going to forget about it before we're done talking. A, a, a Scott the Influencer superhero Hasbro style figure. This is great. It's really not. nobody wants that nobody wants that all right everybody text me and let me know if you want that (laughs) slide into the so much no you don't you love me (laughs) (laughs) oh scott for episode 291 anything else stay safe stay healthy fig license 2016 and before we get into the last bit if you're going to be in vegas for SummerSlam. Enjoy the event. When the event concludes, head over to Hazel Cafe at Mandalay Bay. And I will be hanging out with Adam and Eddie, the Drunk Wrestling History crew. We'll be wearing Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts. I'll be wearing my Super Dragon mask and partaking in some whiskey. Come hang out, have a drink. Again, that's the Hazel Cafe over in, I think it's called Hazel. It's Hazel something. It's Cafe, Bar, something like that. It's in Mandalay Bay. It's where all the, the drunkards after SummerSlam are going to be. Come hang out with us. We'll be there after the show. Hope to see you guys there. And happy toy hunting. Great plug, dude. That was actually better than the one that was actually on the show last week for Drunk Wrestling History. Oh, wait till you hear the one next Friday. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 291. Scott didn't say it, but I'm going to say it. Get yourself vaccinated, please. Hashtag fig life. Adios. Uh, yeah. Fully hosable. Let's go. Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring. But we don't take it out the box, MOC. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week. We're the OGs of WFP. Fully posable, thank you all for listening. It ain't no storyline, real life siblings. So everybody go and do your toy spotting. Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings.